Hey guys, and welcome to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. My name is Brooke. Pour yourself your favorite cup of coffee, and let's hop into today's episode. Hi guys, welcome back to the Coffee and Turner Syndrome podcast. And this is our first episode we're recording in the new year. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! 2023! Oh my goodness, that feels so weird. It does feel weird. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't seem possible, but yet. I know. Here we are. A lot has happened, so. Yes, yes. Okay, so first of all, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. We hope everybody had a good Christmas and New Year's. Do we want to share a little bit about what we did? Sure. Yeah, we were kind of talking about it. Yeah. So why don't we start with sharing? Yeah. Yeah. So me and Andrew drove the quite a long drive to Idaho to visit his family. Um, And it was wonderful. It was beautiful. It was snowing and really pretty. the drive was quite the trek. We drove through an ice storm one of the nights. Um, so that was interesting. But we made it. It was all good. Um, and the drive home was like so nice. It was so much better. Um, the weather and road conditions were great. And it's a very pretty drive. Um, so, yeah, that was really fun. It was beautiful and um, really fun getting to see them. We haven't gotten to see them in a while, so that was really nice. Um, And New Year's was just really, really chill. (laughs) We had a storm here, and so it was very chill just watching TV. And, yeah, that was mine. So what was yours? Well, uh, so for Christmas, um, I enjoyed... uh, Christmas Eve dinner with uh, my family. And then, because uh, my parents live in Texas, I normally spend Christmas um, with my aunt and some of my um, cousins and uh, other family. So it's nice getting to spend that time with them. We had a, a nice dinner and then I went to Christmas Eve service. Um, and then we decided to go see a movie, which has been cut or which has become sort of our tradition. Uh, it's kind of nice. It's low-key, go see a movie. Yeah. Um, so we went and see, we went and saw a movie. Um, we saw Puss in Boots, um, which was fun and was cute. And uh, then for New Year's, well, the weather, um, as you experienced, because uh, if you guys don't know, I live in the uh, great state of, uh, well, I actually live on the Missouri side now. But I live in the Kansas City metro area. <laughs> and uh, so I live and work between two states, Missouri and Kansas. So life in the Midwest, and we got a lovely little storm um, over the week of Christmas. The weather about um, froze us. <laughs> it was like negative 40 uh, most of the week. And it was super cold. And then uh, for us, the, the snow and all that came through. Um, Wednesday going into Thursday. And so Thursday was really quite um, adventurous. Um, And then last week, (laughs) it uh, 
was really nice. It was in the 60s. And so um, uh, I don't know if you saw the meme going around, but it was kind of funny. It's, it's sort of true um, here in the Midwest. But uh, there was a meme going around something about, oh, look at the weather being all cute and springy like it didn't try to kill us last week. <laughs> I have seen that and it's felt <laughs> accurate for everywhere we've been the last two weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's pretty much true. And yeah. so last week's weather um, was quite nice. Um, and so for New Year's, kept it pretty, uh, well, pretty low key. Um, went out to uh, dinner and then... Um, me and um, one of my friends, we decided that uh, let's go look at Christmas lights before you can't look at Christmas lights anymore. <laughs> and they turn them all off. So actually what we did for New Year's Eve was go look at Christmas lights after dinner. Um, but it was a lot of fun. It was nice weather, got outside. We went to a couple light displays and it was so nice. Um, so I have a compact SUV. Um, we took turns very slowly. It's a drive-through light display. Um, I uh, enjoyed the light display through the roof of through my sunroof. My car has a sunroof. So I popped out of my sunroof and you got like a 360 view of the whole drive-through light display. <laughs> oh, that's fun. So, mm -hmm, yeah. Then came home and, uh, you know, just uh, watched um, some TV and then try to stay up till midnight and then uh, call, it, call it a night. And then I woke up and I actually worked my other job on uh, New Year's Day because we had football games. So um, I wound up working. So I didn't stay up too late, um, but I stayed up, made it to mid midnight. And uh, yeah, I said, bye 2022. Yeah. And caught a good. <laughs> mm -hmm. Good. yeah I feel like this year I'm very in the like yeah I'm ready for this year to be over <laughs> like there I was some good that it's been a lot of hard so a lot of well a lot of stress I guess and overwhelm mm -hmm. yeah so yeah which kind of a, would be a good segue into talking about mental health because I think we both had very stressful years and I don't know about you um, but you know the pandemic was a different kind of stress and you know it was a lot and it was a different kind of stress but this last year um, it was like on a personal level it was one of the hardest and probably one of, uh, well, yeah, definitely one of the hardest that I had um, for me personally in a long time. I don't know about you, but. Yeah, it was a doozy. I mean, we started out personally for me, the start of the year was a lot of feeling unsettled and unsure of what was going to happen. Um with our housing situation and where we were going to land with that. Um, we were still trying to get settled so we could get reactive for foster care and adoption. And that was really like, for me mentally, 
I have to say that whole process this has been, I mean, the only other rivaling thing that I've gone through that I think has impacted me that hard is losing my brother. And um, just, I just, especially at the tail end of trying to get all of that done, I just started noticing the like weight it had been putting on me and like how difficult it actually was on me. Um, so I'm very glad to be done with that and that be the past. Yes. Yes. So like last year, uh, started with, um, really just, so beginning of last year, um, I lost my job and then had to start a new job. And, um, so I'm trying to think, so yeah, beginning of 2021 actually is when I lost my job. And then in May, I started a new job. And then going into last, beginning of last year, um, I was dealing with some of the financial um, sort of repercussions in part that came from having been unemployed, um, starting a new job, changing income. Um, and I had to make a decision um, to move, but it was sort of financially, uh, necessary in my best interest to move. Um, so, um, I wound up, um, uh, making a decision to move at the, um, end of my lease last year in April. And so it wasn't a move that I really, really wanted to make. And, um, not that it, it's a bad situation or anything, but um, sort of after everything that happened, it was it was an adjustment um, mentally because I felt like I was having to take a step back to take step forwards again, and mostly I felt like it was the cause that. Um, was stressful and, and hard. Um, and so it wasn't a move that I was excited to have to make. I was in a great location and was excited. You know, I worked really hard to get to a place where I could be, um, financially independent and be able to support myself. And I felt like, you know, there was so much that happened, um, and just coming through the pandemic and then, um, trying to return to some normalcy and you lose your job. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think in the long run, it was good, but it was still very trying. And then, um, you know, having to, in order to try and gain some footing back, um, making a decision to move, uh, was not exactly something that I was necessarily planning on doing, but, um, decided to. And so I moved, uh, in April last year and, um, you know, I really spent a few months just trying to adjust, 
um, and try and come to some, I guess, um, understanding and just peace of the situation. And um, then as, I, as I'm working on that um, in the fall, um, I, and I shared this on a live and we were talking about sharing this. And um, so I lost um, one of my good friends. I've known her for a long time. Her name is Amanda. And she was one of um, our TS sisters here in Kansas City area. And uh, she passed away uh, on September the 27th. And um, she had, since I had known her, she had had quite a, a struggle um, with um, her at times. Um, she always felt like she was a burden um, because of her Turners in, in part. Um, she definitely had some health struggles. Um, in which I feel at times, um, you know, uh, fortunate that I didn't have the struggles that she has had, but she had overcome so much health-wise and had a couple of even bouts of um, COVID. In the first case of uh, COVID that she caught, um, you know, she had issues with her lungs. Um, and had some asthma. <clears throat> and so when she got COVID for the first time, it really hit her lungs hard. And she developed pneumonia, didn't know she had even had got COVID and um, until it was really bad and even realized um, that she had pneumonia and until um, it got emergent and uh, had to go to the ER and then, um, she was in the hospital and she um, managed to come out of that, but it could have gone the other way very quickly, very badly. She um, was on about <clears throat> 10 liters of oxygen and um, her pneumonia was so bad. And uh, she was probably on as much oxygen as you can get before before the next step would be to intubate. She was pretty close to, that would be their next thing is wanting to intubate her. Um, fortunately that didn't happen. Um, she turned a corner and, but it could have gone a very different way. Um, but it took her such a long time um, to recoup from the damage uh, from that. She was using oxygen and, and um, small amounts through probably almost a year following um, having had COVID. Um, the second time when she got COVID, it, it didn't hit her quite as hard, but she was using supplemental oxygen for quite a while. And it was May, I think it was May of last year when she was completely, I think, cleared of not needing oxygen anymore. And um, you know, so she had gone through all that, but um, she just, I, we've had conversations where she just felt like um, at times that she was a burden. She also, uh, she used to drive, but 
for various health reasons. Um, she and her husband had decided that it'd be better for her not to drive. Um, and so she hadn't driven uh, for a while. And that I think took away some of her sense of independence. Um, and she felt like a burden having people having to drive her. Um, and so uh, she, I've known her to, um, since I've known her, I've known her, um, I don't know if there's been any other times, but I've known her to make one, um, there's been one other time that I've known where she made an attempt that she told me about um, uh, to take her life. And it's going to be hard. Um, so I'm prefacing that, um, because some of this is very, can be very triggering. Um, but she, um, she cares, she cared like very deeply and, you know, she had this sense and it hurt me because I felt like maybe, um, I failed her as a friend and didn't know, like, didn't communicate well enough to know, like, for her to understand how much her friends and, and people cared about her. And, um, you know, but she told me um, one day when we got together last year about her attempt. Um, but since that, she, she really, I always thought and felt like she's still, despite that struggle, um, still, you know, she had her faith in God. She, um, you know, loved her husband and her friends. And, you know, I, I felt like she was finding, um, I guess, finding herself and finding some peace. Um, she had a job that she really loved. Um, she had worked so hard to get a, um, she loved teaching and she teached preschool and she got a teaching certificate and she worked so hard to get this accreditation and was planning on um, February of this year, um, starting her master's because her uh, work um, covers the, you know, covers these costs for schooling. And so the next step would have been for her to go to school so she can earn her master's in education. And they're gonna get her started. <clears throat> I believe it was gonna be about February this year. And she was so excited for that. And, um, you know, it just, I, um, I guess part of my optimism had always hoped that her faith and her love for life and friends and her husband and all that would have been enough. Um, and that she would have, um, if she was really struggling, would have let one of us. Uh, Because she was always open to talk and honest when she was having 
some difficult moments and struggling with her depression and anxiety. And um, in September, um, got a call from her husband when he got home. So she had sent a text um, earlier that day, um, you know, asking if I was working. I told her I was, I was working, but asking her, you know, is everything okay? Did you need anything? Is there something that I can do? And she basically, you know, is trying to tell, tell me, you know, it, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's nothing that can't deal with later, essentially. And so I thought, okay, um, you know, I was going to check with her later, um, but I went ahead and went about my work and um, I was going to give her a call when I got off work, but um, she, I guess, uh, you know, I was thinking maybe she was, because um, she was asking if I could, basically she was asking if I was working so I could pick her up possibly um because you know she's she's done that when she's needed a ride um at times and checking to see if I'm available and so I thought maybe she just doesn't feel good wanted to go you know home and was needed to try to find a ride um you know she didn't unless she had to um she didn't really like having to um you know uh have call and leave work um and so uh, she was trying to say about that. And I thought it was just a, you know, I didn't feel good kind of thing. And, um, then almost towards the end of the day, I got a call and, um, was told that, um, by her husband that she was gone. And, um, in December, um, so just, oh, it was probably three weeks ago or so, um, <clears throat> towards the beginning of December, um, her husband got the toxicology report back, um, because they had to do an autopsy, and, um, they had to do a toxicology report based off of, um, I, I think it's probably typical, but how they found her, um, would have been indicative of a, um, possible overdose. And she, and um, uh, initially when this happened, it looked like she had taken about a week's worth of her medication and um, the toxicology came back and um, sort of confirmed that she had taken an overdose of her antidepressant. And uh, that was a contributing factor. Um, so, that was um, heartbreaking to hear. Um, seemed like that was probably going to be what they were going to find. Um, but they listed her heart condition um, related to Turner syndrome. And the um, they called it an accidental overdose. Um, but it was her, um, she had, she had a, a lot of, basically it was about a week's worth of, um, her antidepressants in her system. And, um, so that has, 
that made this past year probably one of the most difficult years that I have been through probably um, in a very long time. Yeah. Um, and um, so when we were talking, um, reason why I'm sharing this is because um, Brooke and I care and, and Brooke and I also think that um, our mental health is um, very important. And um, I don't know, um, Brooke, but you probably would agree. Um, one of the things I said, though, um, when I was discussing this in my, my live um, was, you know, there are definitely, um, I think, steps medically um, that, uh, that, you know, we could always use, um, but we've learned a lot medically about TS, and there's so many advances in medicine and treatment that we've come a long way at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I feel while, you know, that should never be neglected, I feel that you know, one thing that has been sort of neglected or put on a back burner is our, our mental health. Um, I think so many of us in various ways um, deal with stress and anxiety and depression. And, um, you know, to, I think, and sometimes higher degrees because we're constantly having to, you know, to deal with and think about different issues, whether it's from trying to, you know, like I've had several jobs, you know, losing a job can be stressful um, to health concerns that we have to deal with, um, you know, and, you know, mentally, I don't know that we're as supported. Yeah. Yeah, I think, well, first of all, I just, I'm just really sorry. Cause it's, that's such a hard, it's so difficult. And until you go through something like that, it's an impossible thing to understand how hard it really is. So I, I just, oh gosh. Um, but you're right. It's it's something that because you can look at us and say, oh, well, physically you're doing really well. You know, mm -hmm. you may have had some things you were dealing with. We've made lots of progress. You're, you're doing really well in that regard right now. Getting to that point physically may have been what broke us mentally. Because yeah. it's so taxing keeping up with everything, worrying about all of the different things, not to mention like your hormones are like hot wired to your brain. Like it's, it's mm -hmm. an unbelievably strong connection. And so like, for me, I know my hormones great. Like when I'm even a little bit off, I go into some of the like, lowest 
most depressed mental states I ever get into Mm -hmm. when I'm off. And it doesn't take much for me to feel that difference. And I have no reason why. I have nothing in particular that changed. It's just riding the wave of my hormones. And then there's other things like processing all of the grief from the infertility, from how in general, the things that I go through because of it affects those people around me. Yeah. Like I have to think of everything that my parents and my brothers and my friends and Andrew have all had to compensate for because of that. Now, I mean, sometimes we can build that up to be more of a thing than they may have felt like it was. You know, we tend to be harsher on ourselves in that way, of course. Like, I know that's my tendency, at least. But mm-hmm. it either way, it is still a very big concern. Like, you're constantly thinking about, well, if I didn't have Turner's, though, like this would be a different circumstance or this wouldn't have gone this way, or this would be a different conversation. And it isn't something that impacts you in a small way. It's, it's everywhere you look, you're seeing the things that Turner's has changed in your life that you have no control over that you can't do anything about. And you're kind of just, having to process all of it and it's a lot to process yeah there is a higher tendency for anxiety and depression in girls and women with turners I think because of everything we've talked about and probably more there's so much to it yeah and and just like in society there's a tendency to oh well you're you're physically fine and let the mental health go for so long that it just builds up into more because when it comes to mental health it's not a you know it's not like a physical wound where if you leave it alone there's an opportunity for it to heal itself that's not how mental health works it no. doesn't it doesn't heal itself when you leave it alone like that it's able to just grow and become a much bigger thing than it even started out to be when you first ran into it and most of the outreach is the physical things the education the it, it's it's services in school it's doctor's appointments it's medicine and and not as often about the mental health about well how do you navigate that anxiety because that anxiety can lead to panic attacks Mm -hmm. and how do you navigate that depression because that depression can feel like you're drowning like when you can't pull yourself back out of it just like that it's scary. And, and so I think the biggest response to that has to be talking about it more, not being scared to be 
very, very honest with how we're feeling and also to bring it to light, right? Like to share it and to show others not only so we can get help we're needing, but so others know they're not alone. Right. Because when you when you keep it to yourself is when it can get worse mm-hmm. and lead to worse. And we tend to try to do that to keep the burden off of others. But if we asked them, They'd say, no, please tell me. I don't know one person that I've run into or that I I would go to with stuff that would say they didn't want me to come to them if I was hurting. And I never feel that way when other people come to me. But somehow in my mind, it makes sense that I need to not burden them. It... <laughs> We play those games with ourselves where it's like, I don't, I don't want to. Yeah. And, you know, I, I worry about the impact on like the infertility with Andrew. He's never once ever made me feel like he wasn't like it ever made, did anything to make me feel that way. It was me making myself feel that way. Anytime that's ever been a thing, he's always been like, but that's not true. Like, that's not how I feel about it. That's not what's happening. And I'm like, I know, but it's hard for me to let that go because it's something that it, it's only me impacting it, right? Like, it's, <laughs> it's something stemming from me and I can't control that. I can't change it and I can't fix it. And it's causing all of these other things that suck. I think, I think sometimes the answer really is like, we just need to not forget to be honest, to be open and to be okay with being vulnerable with each other. And having that go both ways and like it being okay if you're not okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to give ourselves permission to do that, but we really need to because it is. It is okay to not be okay. Yeah. 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 I It's just, um, I think, and and this is something that, you know, I, right there, um, where, uh, I do tend to, you know, carry my own stress, um, because I feel like either, you know, uh, somebody else may not understand, um, or, you know, it might feel like, well, how are they going to, you know, how's someone going to think about me? If, um, you know, I'm open and honest about, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Um, when I, I often, and like for me personally, like one of the things I learned, you know, this past year is like, I feel like, oh, I got to be so tough. I got to be strong. And, and I don't want to, 
for anyone else because I, I want, you know, to try and let other people know that, that I'm strong. But, you know, we have to be able to be human and, you know, allow ourselves to have those, those moments and those times and tell ourselves it's okay to not be okay, like I said. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, it's just so important because the beginning of, of getting past that isn't, oh, I'm just going to pretend that it doesn't exist. The beginning of getting past that is, you know, this is what's actually happening and I'm going to face it. Yeah. And as scary as that is, there's so much healing in that. It's, I mean, it's just incredible the power that has. Yeah. So, I mean, you know my background. I could talk for mental health forever. I just feel it's, it's so important not to forget. And it, it feels like something that, you know, it's easy to look at and go, oh, well, you know, no problems means it's fine. You don't have to do anything, but just like, and I have an example of this that I'm currently doing, um, just like with your physical health, where you, you work out to get strength, you, you know, you do all of these upkeep things. You have to do that with your mental health too. Like Mm -hmm. there's, there's upkeep, there's workouts for that also. Um, I mean, there's, there's things for any aspect of your mental health. Like the basic, biggest example for me right now is, have you heard of Wordle? Yes. I have started doing that every morning. Ah. Guys, it's a brain exercise. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're exercising your brain. And for me, I have a lot of dementia and Alzheimer's in my family history. And so for me, it's like, I'm working that muscle and, you know, like that reading all great brain workouts. And then I'm like, okay, well, I also I'm trying to get sleep. Sleep is a mental health thing also, because, you know, a certain amount of hours of deprived of sleep equals a certain amount of alcoholic drinks. So yeah, it's important for your mental health also in that regard. You start like having hallucinations after a certain point without sleep. Um, And just taking care of yourself, like reading for me not only works my brain, but it also is something that like emotionally I relax and is very feeding for me. And those are like really important factors for taking care of your mental health, things that are working it, but also feeding it and giving it rest. And yeah, there, there, you could have a mental health workout routine. Yeah. Yeah. I found that's, probably this past year more than any other year, that that's important to find, um, you know, something that 
however, like what, you know, what you find, um, you know, there's breathing apps, there's, oh, uh, like meditation apps and things like that too, to help, you know, and um, I, I think if you can find even like a few minutes in the day to sometimes even be attentional to just take yourself away from kind of whatever you're doing at the moment and just be able to, um, whether it's just doing some breathing or just something to take, you know, take yourself away from, um, you know, for a few minutes to kind of re, uh, I guess, what do you say, re, um, kind of realign yourself, take a breather and yeah. be able to refocus. Um, you know, sometimes I have to do that like while I'm at work, you know, just take like a walk or, you know, step away for a few minutes to, to just kind of give, um, a moment of, you know, if you're having like a stressful day or a stressful moment, um, to be able to refocus. And I do Taekwondo as a stress reliever for me, but something, whether it's something like, I also like coloring. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about world. I also like coloring too, because coloring for me is um a stress reliever as well as it's something that engages my mind yeah that I'm focusing on so yeah. and I got into worlds too I do kind of like <laughs> <laughs> it's fun I'm always like so frustrated with myself and I can't figure it out because I yeah. am a huge like grammar spelling person so I'm like mm -hmm. I, oh. I always, I always really, I'm so passionate about guessing it right. Um, so yeah, I think it's great. I mean, and there are times, and this is where we have to be honest with ourselves and really know ourselves where sometimes it's not care that way. It's a, we need to heal from something. And so we may need to go talk to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be anything, right? Like it doesn't have to be, I mean, sure, there's traumas we go through. There's grief that we process for everything, but sometimes it's a, I don't know what's going on, but I just feel off and I need mm -hmm. to talk to somebody that can help me think this through. Yeah. There is no shame. And go. I've seen a therapist. Yeah, I've yeah. Seen, I saw a therapist, a grief counselor after losing my brother, but I also saw one. I think I did a video about it. I also saw one just because of trying to work through my anxiety. And there's absolutely no shame in that. It is not a weakness to say you need help at all. No. Um, and in fact, you know, that's something that I'm going to be looking into this year, um, is trying to, um, you know, uh, find a therapist that, you know, um, I can work with. So whether it's, um, you know, trying to work through processing a loss, um, cause you know, I both have experienced different losses, mm -hmm. um, and we, you know, sometimes need to process that because, um, you know, grieving, um, you know, is a real thing and that's okay. Um, 
but sometimes it's just like you know life happens and we need to be able to talk to somebody that just maybe give us a perspective that will help us you know when you talk through it give a perspective that then you can be like oh okay that's how I can handle it yeah and because sometimes it's just a situation that gets overwhelming it's like how do I handle this or what I you know how do I deal with this and you know um that's okay too yeah and you know sometimes we just need that um you know I've always found it helpful you know with people that I can I can trust to have you know friends and support people who can be sounding boards because sometimes it, it just takes that person that you can talk through something with that then you're like oh okay so and it and it helps because like you were mentioning it just if you don't get a process that sometimes then the situation just kind of compounds itself and you sit on it and it just becomes a bigger thing yeah yeah Yeah. I I for me I get so in my head with stuff that if I don't get it out in that way and like deal with it and say this is what that was and this is how I feel about it I will dwell on it in my head and turn it into Mm -hmm. something far bigger than it ever was. Yeah. Sometimes it really is. I just need to verbalize how I'm feeling about it and I'll answer my own questions. (laughs) Yeah. I just have to like throw it out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's, I, that's how I get out of my own head. Yes. That's why I'm a verbal processor because that's what that helps me do. Yes. Yes. And I have the same tendency to, to be very much in my head. And, um, you know, I will say something that I've, I've learned um, is it's easy to let myself do because um, for me, just being single, I'm kind of all by myself. Um, so it's very easy to just put myself in my own little bubble and, um, you know, I have, I guess one thing that I, I'm going to try and work on is not letting, you know, uh, letting myself just sit here by my, you know, by myself and my, my own thoughts and feelings, um, when it gets to be, um, you know, difficult because, um, you know, then I just kind of shut myself off um, and try and do more to, to at least with people that I, I can trust, verbalize, hey, I need a moment. Can you talk? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I think there's something so like, there's times where that's literally all I need is for somebody to just physically sit there and talk with me and listen. Like, I don't need advice. I don't need you to tell me what to do. I don't need interpretations. I literally just need someone to listen. Yeah. 
and that in and of itself like don't try to fix it just let me talk yeah yeah so don't underestimate that ability to just talk right right (laughs) (laughs) I would I would like to see um you know more um I guess more attention um into the mental health space for the TS community because um you know I I feel like it's a common thing um that we all you know we all we all struggle with um different levels of stress and anxiety but I think you know I I would like to see um you know more in the TS community um able to um reach out you know um and have resources um if they don't know where to go and just to know that um you know even if it's another TS sister to that it's okay to start reaching out and like I said, just talking about this stuff and, you know, um, who better to understand, you know, some of the stress and anxiety that we go through than, um, someone else with TS. Yeah. And, you know, um, we, you know, we're a very supportive community, but I think sometimes, um, I feel like there's a, people that struggle a lot more silently when it comes to their mental health. And there is, a stigma too that I'd like to see go away because it, it, it is okay um, if you're struggling with stress and anxiety. It's okay. Um, and, you know, when we speak out and, you know, say, hey, I, I'm, I'm there too. I struggle too. Um, someone else may realize that they're not alone. And yeah feel okay to reach out. I mean, we deal with loss, I think, enough, you know, really in the TS community when it comes to, um, you know, with the girls passing, you know, due to health issues, let alone having to see girls struggle with mental health. Yeah. And I, I know I just, it breaks my heart and I don't, want to see other women girls struggling like I saw Amanda I don't and I don't want to you know um lose you know more um in our community because um they felt like they had to struggle by themselves or be silent yeah themselves Yeah. It's something where it's so easy to feel alone and like you're the only one. And that's so the opposite of the truth. But unless you reach out, you may not hear otherwise. You may not have it in your face that no, you're not alone. Other people go through that too. And yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, 
I think this is this is part of something I'd like to see put into the normal routine and the like care guidelines of like some kind of way of facilitating attention to and keeping up with um, certain mental health things. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. And that was one of the things that um, I was talking about um, because, I mean, honestly, financially, um, and there's planning and, and things to figure out, you know, but um, some of the financial aspects, but, you know, something I really hope to um, at least make some headway on and accomplish is, um, you know, establishing um, the 5013C that I've been wanting to um, and use that in part um, to create a um, effort to assist in trying to be more of an advocate and uh, <clears throat> voice and um, drawing, hopefully shining a light on more um, tools and, and access to, to help um, for our community. So um, like you said, being able to get something into the guidelines and having something that can be accessible um, for those that, that want it, more accessible. Um, and where, you know, somebody may not have to feel embarrassed or, um, you know, by asking. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I really, um, want to be a part of being that voice because I don't, you know, um, want to see, see that, um, in addition, really taking, um, more, um, more lives in our community, um, and just so we as a community know that, you know, that, um, that we're not alone, but it, it, it is hard, um, because depression really, it is a very powerful thing. And, you know, um, in, I don't know how I want to put it. Um, uh, I, I would say outside of my depression and anxiety, you know, I know that realistically I'm not alone, but I have had those moments and I have never struggled more with my own personal anxiety um, and depression than I have this year. And it, especially towards the end of this year, um, you know, it was hard between, you know, um, Amanda and I have some big changes coming up with my parents. Um, and I'm going to have to start transitioning into being more of a caregiver. Um, and my parents, my, my parents really aren't that old, um, particularly my mom. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, it, it's at a point where you have to make some tough decisions and, um, you know, I was not quite ready to be at that point 
um, just yet. Um, but, you know, um, I don't get that say, but uh, that's coming. And we're trying to get my parents moved up here. Um, but a lot of things are going to be changing for me and for them. Um, and so, you know, there's, there is going to be that where I'm going to start transitioning into being more of a caregiver, um, and taking on more responsibilities and helping my parents. Um, and I recently lost a college friend. Um, a week ago, I found out that one of my good friends from college, um, had a medical situation. Um, we're still waiting to find out more, um, specifically, um, but had a medical situation that, um, unfortunately she did not survive. And, um, I'm sorry. so yeah, so, um, you know, sometimes, um, yeah, just like last, this last year, life just hit really, really hard. Um, but, you know, um, I know I'm not alone. I know I'm not the only one. And we all, um, I think in some ways, um, different things, we all went through it last year, especially. Um, if not, just even pandemic changed so much and, and there was a lot of anxiety and depression just dealing with that and, and feeling of isolation and all of that and yeah um you know it's really um for me like brought that more to the forefront now than ever um that you know I I know that I don't want to let depression or anxiety get the better of me. Um, and that's why I need to, I've been telling myself, make the effort and the, um, you know, intentional, um, you know, push past the, um, you know, the feeling of I'm going to be a burden and try and just speak out um, because it's not going to get better until you do. Yeah. And I can tell you that I feel so much better when I've reached out to a friend and just said, I just need to talk. Yeah. You know, I'm having a rough moment. I just, I need to talk. And then helping that takes away that, I think that, that feeling of um, sinking in my depression when I've actually verbalized it and I can start finding my way through that yeah and knowing that I have somebody there that you know is like are you okay or you know can I help or do you need to talk or um that someone knows what you're going through and isn't going to let you drown on your own yeah mm -hmm. yeah it's I mean it's something everybody has, like everybody yeah. has mental health Yeah, because there is whatever state your mental health in it is in is a different part of the conversation, but everybody has mental health. Right. And 
so everybody has moments of experiencing ups and downs with that and and sure some have more intense experiences than others but everybody has some experience and um that's why it's no more shameful than like trying to physically get into shape right that's it's it's a part of taking care of yourself and that's all there is to yeah. it it's yeah a more kind of complex part of taking care of yourself but it's a part of taking care of yourself it's a part of the human experience right yes so, it is you know and and just like with turners with anything with turners we don't have to be identified by whatever we're struggling with that I think can be something that can hold people back too. sometimes is oh I'm gonna get labeled well yeah some labels have their function like if you can put a name to a problem that can make it a little easier to address but at the same time that does not have to define you right The infertility does not define you. No mental health struggle defines you. Right. All it is is something you're navigating, just like with everything else with TS. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we're able to redefine um, and and not say, well, I'm defined by... um, my my depression um it takes away its power and it also takes away the stigma yeah when you know you're able to not let it define who you are um one thing and and this is just um for me personally um you know as a christian um one of the things that i did um Back in, oh goodness, was it 2017, I think, 2017 is when I started. Um, So uh, I am uh, at my church. There's a group called Celebrate Recovery, and it's a Christian-based program. Um, And uh, one of the things that I liked about it was finding... um, you know, Christians who didn't have it all together and that was learning um, that sometimes it was okay to not be okay. Um, And um, that you're not alone. We all have different struggles. Um, And one of the ways that it was set up is when... um, so it worked sort of like a AA meeting in a way. Um, so one of the things that, um, you know, I tend to be is codependent. Um, and so it's easy for me to be a people pleaser. And um, sometimes it, it adds to me being stressed because I feel like if I say no, um, that I'm going to disappoint the person I'm saying no to. Um, so I have a hard time saying no. 
And so sometimes that anxiety then, uh, because I kind of overextend myself, leads to panic attacks. Those are no fun. And so we, uh, when we introduce ourselves, um, first we would introduce ourselves as basically a believer first. Mm-hmm. Um, and I identifying, so I would be identifying someone in my faith first, irregardless of what my struggle is. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make who I am. And then we would identify our struggle. Um, but we never defined ourselves by our struggle first. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah. So the reason I shared that is because when you were talking about that, it made me think about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, I didn't realize until I started doing that because I always sort of did the opposite. I always, you know, since I've been a Christian, like, yes, I'm a Christian, but I always kind of saw myself more by, um, either my struggle or, oh yeah, I have Turner's or, oh, I also am diabetic. And, you know, I would define myself first by these other things before, I would define my, myself as a Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's an important difference because mm-hmm. it, not only for that's what you're putting out, but also it's every time we intentionally form the words we use, the way we imagine things, we're training our brain for that to be its instinct. Mm-hmm. And changing that to be the more instinctual, reactive tone versus self-deprecating versus all of those things that, you know, the negative self-talk, that's the biggest way to switch that is to intentionally put out the positive and then you're training your brain to have that be what it has as a habit instead right not easy it takes a lot of work to make that change but it's a very good change (laughs) yes so that's also good you know good advice is is trying to to switch that and you know as someone that struggles with that you know you have to be really intentional to change that and be like oh I'm doing that negative self-talk talk thing So let me try and maybe tell myself something positive about myself. Like, no, I actually like, you know, even if you pick out like, you know, a few and just start trying to, I guess, you know, train your brain and think, okay, nope, that's negative self-talk. So here's something positive I can, I can say. Yeah. And start to re- um, switch that. And yeah, there's days where you have to really sometimes work at it, but eventually it starts to, to become a little bit more natural or you recognize it when it's, when you're doing it and you can just be like, "Mm, 
Nope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh man. So I feel like that's, there's a couple of actions that people could take away from this mm-hmm. that have been really good. Yeah. Yeah. Ways of addressing and taking care of ourselves mentally and. Yes. Yes. So um, let us know what you think and how, um, you know, if, if you do something to take care of yourself mentally, you know, share with us what you, what you do or what um, helps you uh, and your thoughts and uh, let us know. Yes. Yes. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us and talking. Um, I, I think this is such an important topic. So I'm so glad that um, we were able to talk about it and share some things and yeah. see you guys in the next episode. Yes. We will see you guys in the next episode. And here's to a happy and healthy new year. Yes. A good 2023. Yes. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Coffee and Turner Syndrome. If you would like to support the podcast, I do have listener support set up on Anchor. And if you'd like to leave me a voice message, I would love to hear from you. Make sure you're subscribed so you see when the next one comes out. And I will see you guys in the next episode.